Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. If you're new to this whole world of baby led weaning and starting solid foods, you might still be on the fence as to whether this approach is going to work for you. And if that's the case, I want to send you my free feeding guide called Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby? This is a guide that contains a decision tree map that you can work your way through to determine if this is the right approach for you guys and then when it's time to start. Grab your copy of Will Baby Led Weaning Work for My Baby on my website at babyledweaning.co slash resources. I started Kira too early. So with Kellen, I was very intentional at waiting until he was six months old and exhibiting all the other signs of readiness. He was sitting up before he was even rolling over. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. I'm always curious to hear from second-time moms or third or fourth or whatever, but basically not the first-time moms when it comes to the subsequent babies. What is it that you're doing differently about starting solid foods this time that you wish you had done with your oldest child? My guest today is Lauren McClure. She's a mom of two, and she did the 100 First Foods approach for baby led weaning with her oldest, her daughter, Kira. So I remember following her page and watching Kira eat 100 foods before she turned one. And then I saw a new 100 First Foods page pop up recently, which was Kellen led weaning. And I did a little sleuthing and realized, wait a minute, this is Lauren McClure's baby. She had a second baby. She said she got tired of spamming her family with all the baby feeding pictures. So she spun it off and made a second Instagram, and she's doing the 100 First Foods approach to baby led weaning with baby Kellen as well. So I wanted to have Lauren on to chat about how she's doing solid foods differently for baby number two. And we're going to be talking about why she feels like she started too early with her oldest daughter, some pointers, I think from both of us on why we both don't go into baby led weaning Facebook groups anymore. And then Lauren's also going to share her exact feeding schedule for Kellen that she's doing for baby led weaning now that he's eight months of age. So with no further ado, I want to welcome Lauren McClure talking about second baby BLW and how she's doing 100 first foods differently for baby number two. Here's Lauren. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back, Katie. I know we chatted once before. We were talking about a 100 first foods graduates episode about your older daughter, Kira. She did baby led weaning and ate 100 foods before turning one. Before we get started talking about her little brother, Kellen, I just wanted to ask, could you tell us how you found out about baby led weaning? And why did you decide to take that route with Kira when you were a first time or new mom? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't remember exactly when I heard the term baby led weaning. Uh, I'm sure it came up when I was pregnant or when she was an infant and, you know, just kind of in mom Facebook groups. But what I did know even before um, I was pregnant was that I wanted to avoid picky eating in my children. So I have some picky eaters in our family. 
that has carried on to adulthood. I remember like parents, grandparents making separate meals. And I just did not want to go down that route that my child needed to be, you know, fed a separate meal, wouldn't eat tomato sauce on the pasta, you know, into teenage years and adulthood. So that really started me down the route. And then um, when I was pregnant and when Kira was a baby, I remember this when a lot of articles started coming out, or maybe it's just because I got on the algorithms about heavy metals in baby food, which I know now from you know research that that's really more about diet diversity. And it's not that commercial baby food is inherently bad and filled with you know a lot of heavy metals, but it made me want to avoid commercial baby food. And so I started hearing about baby lead weaning and started doing more research. And then I would say the last thing is that I really wanted Kira to have a better relationship with food. So I didn't necessarily, I don't have like an unhealthy relationship with food, but I grew up in the 90s. And in the 90s, it was, you were very skinny. Snack wells, fat-free fudge cookies. Exactly. I remember girls, you know, middle school age or younger dieting. And that was, you know, the culture that we grew up in. But also that was also the culture of, oh, there's starving children in other countries. You better eat everything that's on your plate. So on one hand, we're saying, eat all the food that you're served. And then the media is telling you to look a certain way. And especially with my oldest child being female, I wanted her to grow up having a better relationship with food. And, you know, through baby led weaning and through your resources have now learned about like intuitive eating um, and the, you know, division of responsibility and feeding theory that, you know, baby led weaning goes hand in hand with that bodily autonomy and a better healthy relationship with food. I know we talked about Kira in the past, but we're here today to talk about Kellen. I want to hear about how he's doing. You're a mom of two now, baby boy. When did he start solid foods? How old was he? Do you remember what his first food was? Yeah. So I I will say that I know that I started Kira too early and that was a lot of pressure from mom groups and mom friends to start at four months of age. Even our pediatrician, which she's just following AAP guidelines of that's still four to six months age. So I think I started her around five months and she still couldn't sit up in the high chair. Like she's fallen over to the side in the high chair. And it was, I know now that it was not the right time to start her. So with Kellen, I was very intentional at waiting until he was six months old and exhibiting all the other signs of readiness. And he was funny. He wanted to sit up even from a really young age. It was like three and a half months old. And he's like, sit me up. I want to be looking and observing at what everyone else is doing. I don't want to lay on my back. I don't want to be held laying down. So he was sitting up before he was even rolling over. (laughs) So we started him at six months and his first food was banana. And so I did that kind of simple starter foods, banana, avocado, sweet potato, just because that's what I was super comfortable with, but, you know, progressed really quickly through to other foods. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. And when we were prepping for this interview, you mentioned there are things you're doing with Kellen that you didn't know about or didn't incorporate with Kira. So you mentioned like starting too soon. Anything else you can share, like now looking back that you might have done differently with Kira, knowing what you know now? Yeah. So I picked a horrible high chair. (laughs) And I know that it was just because I was four months pregnant, first time mom. I typed into Google, best high chairs, 2019, probably picked the top one and put it in my baby registry. She's always been super tall. Both my kids are super tall, 95th percentile could not reach the footrest on that high chair until she was over a year old. It was, I mean, maybe lucky that it even had a footrest to begin with because some of them don't, but definitely not um, a safe option. And it also reclined. Dude, I bought that high chair with my oldest too. I was like, this is cool. And then I'm like, oh, it's the exact angle that could choke a baby. The dumbest high chair ever. Exactly. So I was uh, very happy when that high chair went in the trash. Um, so we got a new high chair. We selected the Nomi high chair for Kellen. And then my mother-in-law has an Ikea high chair with a footrest that I've added to it. Um, just cause that's economical. So those are the options that we have now. What chair does Kira eat in now? Kellen eats in the Nomi. Kira just eats in a, in a booster seat now. So besides a high chair and then starting to suit anything else, like just looking back. Yeah. So With Kellen, I've started doing some pre-feeding activities. I didn't do this with Kira because I just didn't know about it. I just didn't have the knowledge. I was learning about baby-led weaning at the time that we were starting feeding. Um, So we started putting Kellen in the height chair, um, kind of rolled up some towels to support him at about four months of age, joining us at dinner time. And I would give him the tiny spoons, an open cup, and... So he was able to practice picking that spoon up, bringing it to his mouth, um, kind of mouthing the spoon, learning, you know, where are the sensory bumps on it? How far can I put the spoon in my mouth before I gag myself? Those type of oral motor skills and hand-eye coordination that, you know, eventually helps when you do put food on the spoon. And then same thing um, with the open cup, uh, you know, they can't eat food until they're ready, but you can absolutely put breast milk or formula in the open cup at four or five months old, have them practice uh, drinking that, the lip closure, all of the tongue movements for a safe swallow and getting that practice in before starting solid foods. And I even have since learned that sometimes IBCLCs will recommend open cup drinking for babies that you know reject the bottle, like a breastfed baby, mom's gone through five, six, seven bottles, baby doesn't want to take any of them. I mean, there's no reason that a baby can't be doing that open cup drinking even earlier. So you mentioned that you started with some of the simple starter foods for baby led weaning, avocado, banana, sweet potato. At this point, how old is Kellen? How many different foods has he had? And then which one do you think has kind of been his favorite so far? Yeah, so we are on week seven of baby led weaning now. And he has done 30 foods. So today will be 31. His favorite so far has been pears. So I just kind of peeled the pears, sliced them, and they were ripe, but I poached them just for kind of added assurance that they would be nice and soft. And he was actually 
eating them, not not just eat, like eating them faster than I could even refill his bowl. I, I truly think he actually ate the entire pair. <laughs> was he ready right at six months? So is he like almost eight months or did you do six months plus one week, two week or something like that to start? Yeah, we started the week that he turned six months. And so he's almost eight months. So you're a different kind of busy now with a three-year-old and a baby who's doing baby led weaning. Just curious how big sister Kira engages at mealtime. Does she like to prep foods? Is she interested in what her little brother is eating? How's that dynamic at home? I love to encourage her to be involved in dinner prep whenever I can involve her. So one thing I love is um, a learning tower that I can pull up to the kitchen counter and she can climb up and help with the food prep. I want to get her some like toddler safe knives. Oh, I have some good recommendations. I bought every single one on Amazon. I'll put them on the show notes page for this episode. Some of them really stink. Actually, a really cool one is um, the kitty cutter knife from Babram Baby. It's like a smaller one, but it has tines on it. We use that one. I have an affiliate discount code for Bapron KD10. So that works for 10% off for those knives. I start using those with kids around two. But you know, Easy Peasy has a line now, the happy line for older kids for two and up. And that knife is pretty good for smaller pieces. But like for chef knives and stuff, I have some brands. There's actually some pretty good ones that I'll link up because it is kind of fun to have them cut. Can I ask what learning tower you're using? Do you know the brand of it or did you make it yourself? It's from Guidecraft. Okay. And I really like that one because it has also a mesh net. So for younger kids, they can't like fall out. Fall through it. Yeah. I have the learning little partners one. I've had it for years. I have two of them. I love them, but they're really big. Like I have to storm in my garage and then pull them in. I know they kind of make some collapsible ones now. Yeah, that's really cool. I think. And there's really cool if you're like crafty or someone who lives with you is I've seen some pretty cool like designs on Etsy and stuff where you can make them yourself. But basically a learning tower, if you guys aren't familiar, it's like it's a stool that you kind of pull up next to the counter, but it's like four sides around it so that the kid doesn't fall off. I, I have the, the little partners one is huge. I could put like three or four kids in there. I swear. Um, as they get bigger, obviously it gets tighter and they kind of fight, but it's a way for your kid to be at the counter helping you prep foods. Just curious about this time around, have you been doing anything different as far as trying the new foods and trying to get to a hundred foods with Kellen versus Kira? Yes. I think that the biggest thing is staying off the Facebook groups. So when I was learning about baby led weaning, I joined a lot of baby led weaning Facebook groups. And some of them are, they're very intense. Tell me about it. We actually shut down a massive, our baby led weaning Facebook group with over a hundred thousand followers because it was an SHIT show in there. I mean, it is so incredibly negative and judgmental. And the entire focus of my content is to be positive and help parents recognize all the foods that their babies can eat. So I can't tell you enough how much I, that that sentiment resonates with me because it can be a pretty nasty place out there, especially in those groups. Like who talks to other people like that? And there's there was one group that was very intense about baby needs to be eating exactly the same meal that the family is eating. And the comments would, you know, if you served your baby yogurt and strawberries for dinner, the comments would be, did you eat yogurt and strawberries for dinner? I know we've actually, I've had Jill Rapley on the podcast a number of times, the founder of Baby Led Weaning, the pioneer, just to be like, hey, here's some stuff. She's like, I don't even want to talk about the Facebook groups because also it's important, I think, to hear from the person who created the movement and the philosophy. And like, if that's your interpretation of Baby Led Weaning, you have completely missed the mark. And no offense, I don't want to be in a group or ever intimate that other parents should be learning from groups like that as well. It's so important that we really analyze where we're getting our health, nutrition, and infant feeding information from. And there's so much disinformation out there. So they're not credentialed either. Like these Facebook groups, who, you know, who are they to be giving advice on what babies should be doing, what's safe when it's just someone running a Facebook group, right? Absolutely. 
Um, other things different this time, Kellen versus Kira? One thing I'm trying to put less pressure on myself. So the food of the day doesn't necessarily have to be exactly meshed in with what we're having for dinner, right? If I'm giving... Especially in the first eight weeks, Lauren, you know, like they cannot eat the same foods that you eat. They're still learning how to eat in phase one of baby led weaning. And I, I feel terrible if parents are hearing that message that they need to be eating the same thing that the rest of the family is. Eventually, we're working towards that. So I think it's good you've kind of backed off the pressure of yourself. Besides baby-led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what-the-heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then the same thing with um, not feeling like I had to do too many meals right off the bat. With Kira, I think I started two meals a day right off the bat. And that's a lot of pressure when you're trying to figure this out, um, you know, going from just doing bottle feeding to now trying to prep two meals for a kid. That's a lot of work. So I kind of backed it off. Okay, let's start with one meal a day. And just this week, we're bumping him up to two meals a day. Do you mind sharing at eight months of age, what is Kellen's feeding schedule right now, milk and food? Yeah, so we just changed his schedule starting this week. So we're bumping him up to two meals a day. So what we're trying to shoot for right now, and it's kind of a work in progress, is a milk feed every three to four hours. So six total milk feeds a day. And then doing two meals a day of solid foods about an hour after a milk feed. So we're doing milk at 10 and then brunch food at 11. Then we'll have a bottle at two, a bottle at five, and then we'll do dinner at six. So six, six milk feeds, three to four hours apart, two meals, one hour after a milk feed. He doesn't have anything before 10 a.m. or did I miss a feed there? No, he, he does a 6 a.m. milk feed. 6 a.m. milk feed. Okay, so 6 a.m. milk, 10 a.m. milk, 11 a.m. food, 2 p.m. bottle, 5 p.m. bottle, 6 p.m. food, and then a bedtime bottle? And then bedtime feed and then a drink feed. Okay. As far as dropping milk feeds, what do you think you're going to do first? So probably the first thing that I'm going to look at dropping is the dream feed. Okay. At least get me to the point where I don't have to stay up so late at night. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, to about eight months of age, getting into nine months of age, we'll probably look at shifting solids to come before milk feeds. And, and then, of course, the milk will probably gradually... It decreases. Yeah. I think you're kind of coming right into that golden age of baby led weaning at eight, nine, ten months of age after your baby's been eating for about eight weeks. 
you start dropping a milk feed, you start shifting milk behind food. I have a whole separate episode about how to move milk behind food because that can be kind of challenging for parents. It's called When to Move Milk Behind Food. And we interviewed another mom who was going through it with her eight-month-old. That's episode 235 if you guys want to listen to that. And then um, I always think the morning feed, I mean, what works for you, one family might not work for another, but for most of the families I work with, including with my own babies, dropping that morning feed, as long as you have breakfast ready, can really, really kind of jumpstart a good day for eating. Because if your baby's starting to feel a little casual hunger when he comes to the table, he can go right to that food and then you're doing the milk in between meals. Then he's starting to eat more at meals, drink less. That's weaning in action with our ultimate goal of baby eating. Modified versions of the same foods the family eats by the time they turn one. But I love that you're reminding us that that, that's not how babies start out. And we shouldn't be pressuring ourselves to feel that way because that's not the point of baby-led weaning. Babies need lots of time and space and grace to learn how to eat. So Lauren, where can our audience go to learn more about your family and follow Kellen's 100 First Foods Before He Turns One with Baby-Led Weaning? Yeah, so I think I annoyed my personal social media audience enough with Kira's 101st Food Journey that I decided to make a separate account this time. My husband actually loves it because it's a nice documentation, almost a year in review what will become. Um, and so that's on Instagram at Kellen Ledweening and Kellen is K-E-L-L-I-N. Kellen Ledweening. So I remember I found your page because I follow all the 101st Foods pages and um I was like, wait a minute, that's Laura McClure because I knew you were on your personal Instagram. But I actually, the reason why I started my baby led weaning Instagram was because I was annoying my personal social audience because we did baby led weaning with our quadruplets. Then once they hit one, I started actually working in baby led weaning full time. And I was like, well, they, people just want to see your kids. They don't care about baby led weaning if they're not babies anymore. So I spun off the baby led weaning one right after our twins were born to actually document our twins' 100 first foods journey. And that's how that account actually started, um, which was super cool because if I go all the way back in my feed, I could find their 100 first foods. And I was really kind of tweaking and refining this program that I'd originally created in 2016. So I just love seeing babies around the world and families really pushing their palates to get those babies to eat 100 foods because it really does make a difference. You know, most babies have only had 10 or 15 foods by the time they turn one with traditional spoon feeding. And if you lose those 10 or 15 foods to picky eating, that becomes such a challenging child to eat. But if your baby has a hundred foods like Kellen is going to and Kira did, you lose 10 or 15 to picky eating in the second year of life. It's really not that big of a deal because your kid still has a ton of foods that they will eat. Um, do you mind sharing how Kira is doing? I mean, I'm sure she's got some degree of picky eating, which is developmentally appropriate for a toddler. But would you say you're happy with your decision to do baby led weaning with her? Absolutely. I like to say that she's not picky. She's just decisive on what she wants to eat that day. And that's perfectly fine. You know, we serve the family meal. And it's her responsibility to decide what of that meal that she's going to eat. And uh, and she eats most foods, accepts most foods. I love this year, her, her teacher documents everything that she eats for the day. And most days it says ate all, ate most. Oh, that, I think that's so cool. Honestly, the, like that's praise from Caesar when the daycare providers, we actually, we do a post-purchase one question survey of everyone who buys our course. And we were looking at the recent ones and we saw a comment that said, baby Jacob, who's a baby we'd worked with on Instagram. I take care of baby Jacob. I have at a daycare. I have never seen an infant eat as well as he did. My baby's five months old and I want my baby to eat like that. That's from a daycare provider. So she bought the course. And I was like, so actually we got in touch with her. We're going to start working with her and her baby because we're really trying to help our daycare families. It's such a pain point and it doesn't have to be, but it's so important to be educating the daycare providers about the benefits of baby led weaning. So I think like when someone sees your kid and is like, I want my kid to eat like that. You can't help but feel good about it. And then when you send them 
where someone else is watching them and you know that they're being taken care of and they're being nourished. Like that's very unusual. Most families have a lot of stress because their babies won't eat anything at daycare or they won't eat anything in general. So congratulations to you guys. And thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I know you're super busy with job and two kids and family and life stuff. Plus Kellen's 100 First Foods Instagram is so cool. I love it. Like you don't like overdo it. It's not like perfectly perfect, which is real life. And like just good ideas of foods that babies can eat in real time. You're watching a now almost eight month old. And just to see even in recent days, how much more confident he's gotten than from when your account started. I just like love to watch the progression. All right. Take care. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Lauren McClure. I was thinking afterwards, like, oh my gosh, she is so educated about a lot of stuff in the feeding space that I think in many other cases, moms either don't pick up on or just aren't aware of. So I really enjoyed chatting with her. And we mentioned, we we're talking a little bit about high chairs in that episode. Lauren mentioned that she has the Nomi high chair. That's the high chair that I use for all my own children, but all the babies that I work with. It's my favorite high chair for baby led weaning from both a safety and an efficacy standpoint. If you're shopping the Nomi high chair, you know that it definitely is an investment. But I do have a very special tip for my podcast listeners on how you can get into this high chair at a price I think you're really going to like. I can't share the particulars of it on the podcast, but if you send me an email, katie at babyledweanteam.com and put Nomi in the subject line, I'll respond to you with the details on the Nomi high chair special offer. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. All of the links from today's episode, including the knives that we were talking about, some of the other stuff about high chair safety, some more tips on how you can also get that 100 First Foods list and get your baby to eat 100 foods before turning one. That's all linked up on the show notes page for this episode, which you can find at blwpodcast.com slash 268. Take care.